I actually think the uh, the worship as we gathered there to stay quiet actually was the right thing. And that may frustrate some of you, but um, yeah. But that might not be so quiet at the end. Let's see what happens. That was a hint, Johnny. There you go. So do you want me to repeat the hint? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the worship maybe in response might not be quite as reflective. It might be a bit more. But it was right, absolutely right to do what we've just done. Well, I was asking the Lord what we were going to do. Um, well, actually, a couple of three weeks ago, I was saying to him what we're going to do after the restore, replace, all those that we've been doing for the last few weeks, months. And as ever, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> so suddenly Chris woke up one morning to see on the rotor that's online um, all the titles for the encounters written down through till after Christmas. Because they just all... Um, but I gave myself the first one. And the title for tonight is Meet Together to Encounter Jesus. And part of me goes, yeah, you're right. So it's, Lord, what's going on here? And so I've been waiting on the Lord for this. And Wendy, as I said, Wendy and I have been involved in some prayer meetings, two or three others of you, these prayer meetings over this last week. And the Lord showed me this. Before we talk about meeting together to encounter Jesus, there's something that needs to come first. And I can, I can hear you all going, oh, repentance, all this, all that, which is great because it means we're thinking and it means it's there. But actually, it's a bit more obvious for us at St. Leonard, it's a bit more obvious than that. In the world as it is, with the pandemic as it is, with the culture around us as fractured as it is, because the culture around us is abusive and accusatory and it's just all over, you know. One of the bands I follow, <clears throat> I won't say which one, give my age away and stuff. They, they, they put a rainbow behind their picture on their Facebook page. Now whether you agree with that or not, because it's to, to support uh, gay rights and all the rest of it, whether you, they didn't deserve the abuse they got in the thread that was underneath. Yeah. When my football team, um, Queen's Park Rangers, Les Ferdinand's been very active for racial equality within football for a number of decades. So when QPR and Coventry decide not to take a knee before the game that they played eight days ago or whatever, and he gets abused on Sky TV, he wrote an article that clearly displayed his frustration. <sighs> He said, well, we decided not to take a knee because for us as team, the two teams, it's tokenism. 
actually, because two-thirds of the QPR squad is black, and two, uh, I think it's half the Coventry squad. So for them, it's tokenism. And he said, but let everybody else do what they want. Plus, their game wasn't being televised, so they were going to take a knee to an empty stadium. And, and I get it, and he's got a... But there's just that, we're going to accuse, we're going to call this out, we're going to... You know, all the people that have wished Donald Trump dead in the last 24 hours, online. It's filthy. Stuff you got through your door. There's a new political party, what's it called? Britain First or something. Which it's... It, it makes the British National Party look left-wing. It was absolutely filthy. It's a spirit of hatred and division that is rife. And it's not just in the UK, it's over, it's over, it's everywhere. Do you know why it's everywhere? Because it's a scheme of the enemy. And he wants to take people down. If he could divide people, so. So, meeting together to encounter Jesus actually is a radical thing to do. I've got colleagues who think we're mad being in here like this. Yes. I did say we're mad. You, you had to own that one with me there. Not just, they, they know I'm mad. They just think we're mad. <laughs> but because we're, they will not open their churches. It's too dangerous. When I arrived tonight, there was, Robert was underneath a duvet. Here, the guy that's been sleeping rough for the last how many many months. And he said, I should be in Cornwall now, but it's too dangerous to get on a train. And I said, no, it's not. Have you got the money? I've got the money to go. I could do it. I should be in Cornwall. I said, we'll get on a train. It's too dangerous. The fear in him, and it was genuine fear amongst the fog of alcohol, but there was a genuine fear. But how many of us would have actually not talked to Robert and just gone, oh, and walked past him? There's a man that is afraid who's hiding it through his alcohol. He said he might come back. Malcolm, you're in charge if he comes back. And I've said to him, he can come back and sleep in the porch. If he's got nowhere else to go, that's fine. I just asked him not to use it as a toilet. As he claims it wasn't him, but it has happened in the past. <laughs> so. so what do we need to be that radical and to be and to meet together to encounter Jesus? The Lord took me to a passage of scripture that is part of my calling. It's part of my vocation, it's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. So Joshua chapter 1, who's got that? Oh, hello, it's going to be on the screen as well. All bells and whistles here. You can take your mask down. When you're reading, you're contributing to the service, part of the leadership, you can take your mask down to read. You can't hold it because... over my glasses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. 
Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the River Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When Scripture repeats something, it's important. When Scripture repeats something three times inside nine verses... The theological phrase, it's flipping important. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, says the old, uh, the AV, truly I say to you. When Jesus speaks, it's true, but even he says, oi, listen. That's the verily, verily bit. It's true. What's repeated three times? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. I will give you the land I, you claim. I promised. Wherever you put your feet, there's a whole load of promises, there's a whole load of... But the command is be strong and courageous. They've been wandering around the wilderness... They're about to enter the promised land. Joshua's about to take over from Moses. The whole generation has changed. There's a new leadership. You know, Joshua was there 40 years ago. So everybody goes, oh, well, Joshua was a really young man. Clearly not. Because it's 40 years on from when he went in the first. So he's not a young man. He was a young man at the beginning of that wandering. And Caleb must be flipping ancient. Because he was an old man at the beginning of that generation. But be strong and courageous. In the midst of the wilderness, be strong and courageous. In the midst of going against the enemy, be strong and courageous. In the midst of going somewhere we've never been before, be strong and courageous. In the midst of going against all the Hittites and Girgashites and Canaanites and all the ites you want, be strong and courageous. I'll be with you like Moses, like I was with Moses. And do you know what the promise is even more for us? Because he won't be with us like he was with Moses. You get that? We know God in a way that Moses could only ever dream of. Because Moses met God. Jesus dwells in us. It's a new covenant. It's a new arrangement. It's an upgrade, if you want. It's the fulfilling of what these guys had. We have more. 
We know more of God's voice, of God's love, of God's presence than Moses, than Abraham, than David, than Isaiah, than Amos, than you list them off, than John the Baptist. And that's not arrogant. So what are we called to be? Strong and... Christian faith for so long has been be weak. Be weak. Now, I'm, I hate muscular Christianity. I'm not saying it's about us being, ooh, he meant, and women, for God. It's about us recognizing that despite our weakness, the strength we have in us, because Christ lives in us, is abundant. Wow. Why do people see Christ in us? Because he's there. Often in spite of what we do. (laughs) And sometimes we think, well, we've just done all this wrong so people can't see him. No, they can still see him. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, says... Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What did Jesus say? I will be with you until you mess up and do something wrong. No? I'll be with you till the end of the age. Is he with you? Does it always feel like it? Not always. But does what you feel change the fact? Now, we want the fact to change the feeling, because the feelings are important. But the feeling mustn't change the fact. But I can't feel God's presence, so he can't be here. Yes, he is. Lord, would you change the encounter? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. I could put this in context, but I'll leave it a generalised them. Because it's always them we're scared of. Whoever they happen to be. And you fill in your own them. Proverbs 28.1. Oh, you got that one. Actually, wait for it to go up on the screen. You can read it from up there if you want. Is that one? That's it. The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The wicked flee. Thank you, Sonia. The wicked flee, though no one pursues. How many times have we run away from situations or circumstances or things, and actually there's nothing there? The the fear's been in here. The righteous... Hands up if you're righteous. You're in Christ, you're righteous. Uh, Are as bold as... As bold as St. Leonard's. As bold as courageous. This shouldn't be news to us, guys. But this is about getting hold. Being encouraged. 
that we might... Be. You know what to encourage means? It means to put courage into. We'll do what courage means in a minute. Hang on, what's the next? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says... So ignore the enemy. Don't worry about what you believe. That's what it says. No, stand guard. I'm fed up with this thing, or we can just ignore the enemy. Or we can just worship. We don't have to face the enemy. It's not biblical. Be on your guard. Yes, worship is the main weapon. That's how we come against. Absolutely. But we, Lord, what's going on? Show us. Be on your guard. Be watchmen. And this is New Testament. <laughs> Why is all your teaching about watchmen and being being on guard from the Old Testament? No, it's not. Be on your guard. Be on your guard. Stand firm. Stand firm in the faith. It doesn't say rush. It doesn't say be deep. Stand firm in what you know. Be courageous, and just in case you've missed it from Joshua, uh, oh, and be strong. So it's not just from Joshua, it's from Paul as well. Do you know why the Old Testament keeps cropping up in Paul's letters? Because he was a Pharisee, and therefore knew his Old Testament inside out. So he's quoting the Old Testament, even when he doesn't realise it. Because it's just in him. And we've then also got 2 Corinthians 3.12. Who had that one? Stay with us, die. Since we have such a hope, what is a hope? Christ in us. The hope of glory. And the hope isn't well, maybe if possibly it could. The hope is something that is certain. Faith is the certainty of what we hope for. Hebrews 11. The hope isn't hope against hope. It's a hope in Jesus. So we have hope. Therefore, we are bold. A bold. It's close. We're bold. word you gave last night? Being overwhelmed? Just a short version. She can't remember. Lord, bring it back. When you feel overwhelmed, that's the time to push forward. Is that right? Thank you. I was going to give her a chance to get it all on her own, but <laughs> that is what you said, wasn't it? The summary. When you feel overwhelmed, that's the time to push forward. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? When you feel overwhelmed, that's time to give up. When you feel overwhelmed, that's time to lie down and get trodden on. When you feel overwhelmed, that's the time just to go to sleep. Lord, I need a rest. I need to be... No. When you feel overwhelmed, that's the time to push on. And actually, we want to be overwhelmed. What? Does the, over, does the word overwhelmed... and Is that a negative word for you? Well, heck, I want to be overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus. I'm going to be so overwhelmed by his spirit that I can't do what I normally do because I'm just drunk in his presence. 
Be bold. The word courage, the word comes, it's a French word, Norman word into our language, cour, which means heart. And actually you read old literature written before the 19th century or whatever, and people talk about taking heart. And that's about having courage. Take heart, dear friend. Having heart. For the Father's heart, the Father's love. It's about the core. Every time we hear the word heart, it's about the core. It's about love. It's about purpose. It's about family. It's about army. It's about people. It's about together. Oh, hang on. Slow down, Laurie. That's coming in a minute. But courage is all those things. Remember the first day at school, the first day in a new job? It's a lot easier going in with somebody else, isn't it? We're built for together, not separate. And even if we're, even if we're single or whatever, we're still built for together. We're built for together, not separate. Courage means to face difficulty, danger, pain, despite fear. Courage doesn't mean we're fearless. If we lack fear, we probably haven't, haven't worked out what's actually going on. To have fear is not a bad thing on one level. To come under that fear and then act because of it is the problem. To be fearful of a difficult situation is often sensible. And then you go, yes, but God. And on. You talk to any soldiers, any of those who've served in war, who, who have bravery citations, they all go, I was scared witless. But I did it anyway because they were my friends. These were the guys that, you know, that's such a common thing. Look at the person next to you. Don't look at the wall. Look at the person behind you. God might just ask you to lay down your life for that person. Because they're your brother and sister in Christ. Would you do it? You might do it for your spouse. You might do it for your friend, but look round, look at somebody you don't know that well. Would you do it for them? Because they're a brother or sister in Christ? That's courage. And Bill Johnson, I heard Bill Johnson say this week, when we walk in courage, we call out others' identity.